Thank you so much for coming. So good to see you. I tip another plate of half-eaten sausage rolls into a black bin bag and eye my uncle sceptically. He's been standing by the door of the village hall for the past half an hour, saying his goodbyes, while Mum, Harriet and I have scurried around sweeping and wiping and unsuccessfully closing various trestle tables. One kicked me in the shin so violently that I nearly gave Mum a stroke with the curse I yelled across the room. I had to promise I'd never say the word again to stop her having a go at me. It wasn't even that bad. All I said was piss flaps. While all of this has been going on, my uncle has been doing what he does best, ignoring his responsibilities and smarming up to everyone around him. I bundle the bin bag into the kitchen and take a deep breath. All day, my heart has felt like it's full of lead. I knew today would be hard, but I also know that this is what Grandma wanted. Not that that makes it any easier. It just feels so wrong that this is how we said goodbye to someone so full of life, in a shitty village hall, with rain pummeling the roof. We should have said goodbye to her in Italy, on a mountain somewhere, watching the sunrise. Not like this. I cringe as my uncle booms his final goodbye. Let's not leave it so long next time. Have a safe journey home. God bless. He holds his hand up in a wave and then pushes a cigarette in his mouth, pulling the door closed behind him as he steps outside. I look up and see Harriet brandishing a dustpan and brush. I think that's everything, she says, but I've got to run. My shift starts in, uh, she glances up at the clock. Eight minutes. I take the dustpan and brush off her. Go, I say. Oh my God, go. You didn't have to help clear up, but thank you. She wraps her arms around me and gives me a firm hug. I'm going to call you later, okay? I nod, feeling a lump in my throat. I've managed to avoid hugs all day. I couldn't find your mum, she says, and she lets me go. But tell her I said goodbye. I will. I look through the hatch of the kitchen, glancing around for Mum, who slipped away the moment people started leaving, mumbling something about sandwiches. We all know she just wanted to get out of saying goodbye. Uncle Reggie reappears from outside, bringing in a trail of cigarette smoke with him. He flashes his veneers at the empty room whilst pulling off a pair of sunglasses, even though it's currently raining outside and we haven't seen the sun in three days. His oily hair is slicked over his balding scalp, and he loosens the black tie around his neck, smacking his hands together. Right, Ange, where are you? I step out of the kitchen, dustpan and brush still in hand. The problem with my uncle is that unfortunately, he is incredibly difficult to like. Well, he has no problem on the dating scene, and was married to my Aunt Fanny for ten years before she left him. He works in property, jetting all over the world selling houses to the rich and pompous. Think selling sunset with more Lynx Africa. And he's very good at charming people into buying luxury homes. So maybe what I should say is, I find him impossible to like. He's smarmy and rude and makes no effort to hide how highly he regards himself versus everybody else. But in particular, my mum. In his world, He's sitting on top of Everest while Mum is in the cereal aisle of Londis. That's that all done then, he says, grinning at me. Where's your mum, eh? Ange? He yells her name across the empty hall and I bristle. I'm sure she's coming, I mutter, 
trying my best not to glare at him. Ange! Don't shout at her, I say. This is a really hard day. She's not coping well. My voice catches. I can't bear seeing my mum like this, floating around like a ghost. Right, he says, pulling out his phone. Aha, there she is. When mum reappears, she somehow looks even smaller than she did this morning. Much like grandma, she is a petite woman. She stands at just over five foot and has thin, mousy hair, which usually covers half her face. Her glasses have square frames, and they're constantly in her hand, being cleaned by the sleeve of whatever cardigan she's wearing. She is soft, with round edges and a quiet, tinkly laugh. She spends her entire life looking after everybody else, but she won't let anyone look after her. She didn't used to be this bad. I remember her laughing when I was a child, going out with friends and dancing around the room with me whenever Strictly was on. But 14 years ago, my aunt, my mum's closest friend, left, and our lives were turned upside down, and it's like all mum's confidence was taken too. Sorry, she says, going straight to one of the few standing trestle tables with a damp cloth. I was just sorting out the recycling. Right, Uncle Reggie says, barely listening. Great, so I have to run. I'm working in France for the rest of the week. My taxi will be here any second. I blink at him. Are you not going to help clear up? Mum flushes under her fringe, but he doesn't even flinch. Well, you've done it all, haven't you? Maybe save me a picture of Mum, he adds as an afterthought. Mum glances round at the many photos of Grandma around the hall. Which one? Oh, any. Right. Before I go, just a quick update on the will. My stomach turns over. I hate talking about all of this. It seems so formal and final. An entire life packed up neatly in a little box, like she wasn't a living, breathing person for 90 years. So, we all know that Mum wanted to auction off her artwork and any of her belongings, her furniture and jewellery and so on. Mum nods. For charity. And for us, Uncle Reggie says pointedly, split down the middle. Mum continues wiping. No trestle table has ever been so clean. I've arranged for the auction to be next week, he says, not taking his eye off his phone. I'll let you know how it all goes. I feel like my heart has dropped through my body. Next week, I repeat. That's so fast. Well, no point putting it off, is there? But I wanted to go, I say, walking over to Mum. I was thinking, this doesn't feel like the right way to say goodbye to Grandma. We should do something in Italy, too, near her home. I try to look at Mum, but she's still scrubbing, avoiding my eye. You can still do that, Uncle Reggie says, waving a hand at me. Her house will still be there, just without her things. It won't be the same without her things, I protest. I take a deep breath. What about her ring? What about it? His voice carries an air of impatience. Grandma always said it would be mine. I didn't see that in the will. His words sting, and for a moment, every word I know falls out of my mind. Come on, Reg. You know she promised it to Zoe. Mum's small voice creeps across the hall. A car horn beeps outside, and he looks over his shoulder. Fine, he retorts. I'll keep a ring aside for you. Not just a ring, I say, my heart thumping. Her engagement ring, the one she never took off. I need that ring. It carries her magic. 
I always knew that one day I'd be wearing it. It's what she always said. I don't want to leave it up to him to keep it aside for me. I don't trust him. Why don't we all go? I blurt the question, panic rising in my voice. We could help with the auction and say goodbye properly. A shadow passes across Uncle Reggie's face. There really is no need. Mum? I turn to face her, pleading with my eyes. What do you think? Oh, I... Zoe, stop it. I flinch as Uncle Reggie's voice cracks through me like a whip. You're upsetting your mum. There is no need for you to come to Italy. I've got it all sorted. The car horn honks again, and he places a patronising hand on my arm. You just stay here and take care of your mum, okay? Heat prickles up my body as he kisses mum and picks up his bag. I'll be in touch, he calls over his shoulder. The door slams, and seconds later we hear the taxi skid out of the car park. For a moment we both stay where we are, silent. Then I walk over to mum and place my hand on top of hers, releasing the cloth and halting her frantic scrubbing. It's clean, Mum.